And as we turn to Matthew chapter 24, I just want to say it's kind of a challenge at times trying to put uh, prophecy together as far as trying to uh, get you to kind of see a, a kind of timeline of Bible prophecy. And, uh, but we're trying to put that together by, again, studying the books of Matthew uh, 24, especially in, in Mark chapter 13 and 2 Thessalonians 2 and Revelation 6 through 9 as far as, uh, again, things to come here in the New Testament. And uh, I'd just like to read through Matthew chapter 24 here a little bit here before we get back to the book of Revelation here this morning. Uh, Matthew chapter 24, again, I could read through the, the, much of the chapter here uh, as it does cover Bible prophecy, but again, we got need to uh, look at the book of Revelation, so I'll just I'll read just a little bit here. Uh, Matthew chapter 24, and just pick up in verse number 21. I just want to emphasize in verse number 21, uh, again, that's when we talk about the tribulation period, we talk about the great tribulation period. And uh, most people would call the whole tribulation period the great tribulation, but the greatest part of the tribulation is certainly the last half of the tribulation. And uh, we're going to be looking at some of the details of that here this morning. But let's begin here in verse number 21 there, Matthew 24, verse 21. The Bible says, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world, to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Except those days be shortened, there shall be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is the Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, it shall show forth great wonder, uh, signs and wonders, inasmuch if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I tell you before, wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there shall the eagles be gathered together, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and uh, then shall the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory." Again, as we consider some thoughts on the tribulation here today, I want to consider here a series of trumpet judgments here today, a series of very serious trumpet judgments here today as we consider some details of the tribulation. But let's consider the details of the tribulation here, and uh, let's pray before we look into these details. Father, thank you, Lord, again for your uh, word here this morning. We thank you again for, again, the Bible giving us a map of uh, things to come, the details of things to come, direction really in things to come, and even giving us, again, uh, the, the uh, really actually scary details of things to come. Again, as we consider the Word of God here today, I pray, Lord, that you'd help each one to consider these thoughts from the Word of God and uh, take them in and uh, consider them. Again, bless this time as we meet again here today. We pray this in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen. As again, we consider some thoughts on the details of the tribulation period. Uh, we looked at the beginning of the tribulation period being a time of affliction. 
And uh, if you turn over to Revelation chapter 6, a time of affliction, they'll start with uh, some wars and some devastation that'll come to the earth. And again, uh, the details of that, and we looked at this earlier, and I don't want to go into great detail. I don't have time here this morning on this uh, to consider this here today, but uh, uh, to a large degree here today. But again, there'll be some devastation that comes in the in, in, in war and famine and pestilence and things along those lines. We see that in uh, Revelation chapter 6, the first uh, part of that chapter. I'll just uh, read there a little bit, if, if you would, with me. Uh, verse number 4, let's just pick up there. There went out another horse that was red, and power was given unto him that sat thereupon to take a peace from the earth, uh, that they should kill one another, and there should be a great sword. And then, he opened a third seal, and I heard the third beast say, Come and see, and behold, and lo, a black horse, and that that sat on a, had a pair of balances in, in his hand. And I heard the voice in the midst of the beats say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see that ye hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice of the, the fourth beast say, Come and see, and, and he looked, and behold, there's a pale horse, and his name that sat on was death and hell followed uh, with him. And, and power was given over unto him over a fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger and death and with the beast of the earth. And it goes on from there. But again, I'm not going to go on there uh, here today. But we find again uh, the first part of the tribulation period again uh, will entail t- a time of famine and uh, sword, it mentions there in verse number eight, and, and killing and uh, devastation and famine uh, that will certainly, again, cause great havoc there upon the earth. It will be followed, again, by persecution, which, again, is talked about there in verse number six, and following, and uh, again, you can read about that sometime as, as you have opportunity. Again, God will send a great earthquake. Verse number 12, it says, and I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and moon became blood, and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as fig leaves cast in untimely figs. When she is shaken of a mighty wind, the heaven departed as a scroll when it rolled together, and every mountain in the island were moved out of their places, and the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man hid themselves in the dens of the rocks of the, the mountains, and said unto the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who is able to stand? Here again we find some of the details of the affliction of the tribulation period. And uh, again, we talked about the affliction, the, the, the tribulation period, and we talked about this super earthquake that'll take place there where every mountain and island is moved. It mentions that in verse number 12 and 14. Again, it mentions again the sun becoming black like a sackcloth hair there, verse number 12, and, and the moon again turned to blood and, and stars falling from the sky there, verse number 13. And uh, people realizing what's going on here in uh, verse number 15, the Bible, uh, verse 16, it says, uh, have the rocks fall on us and hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. They understand this is the Lamb of God. This is the Lamb. But the, la- the Lamb here's wrath has come. 
Again, the details of the tribulation are the unveiling of the wrath of God upon man for its sinfulness. And uh, yet we find, again, as we looked into chapter 3, uh, chapter 7 there, uh, that there will be a ceiling of, of 144,000 people that are, again, uh, uh, sealed for some purpose. Again, we believe to maybe evangelize the earth there in uh, chapter 7. And they will be martyred. Many of them will be martyred. And many will be martyred during the tribulation. It mentions in verse 14, it says, And I said unto them, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne and serve him day and night in his temple. And it goes on from there, but it talks about, again, the tribulation martyrs there. And then as you go forward there, again, in the Bible there, you find, again, in chapter 8, the beginning of what I call the great tribulation wrath of the Lamb. And uh, again, as we consider that here this morning, the tribulation, the wrath of the Lamb, here is a series of terrible trumpet judgments that follow. And again, we're going to consider here, them here this morning from the Word of God. And uh, it begins with a, a super heaven-sent uh, storm, a super heaven-sent storm. Let's go ahead and read the first six verses of this chapter, and we'll be looking in chapter 8 and chapter 9 here today as we consider the terrible tribulation judgment. Chapter 8, verse 1. It says, When he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of a half hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them was given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. It was given unto him incense that he should offer it with the prayers of the saints upon the golden altar that was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came up with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it in the earth. And there was voices and thunderings and lightnings and earthquake. And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets, prepared them to sound. And again, here's the first one. And the first angel sounded, and there fouled hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast on the earth. And the third part of the trees was burned up, and all green grass was burned up. So we consider, again, the, this part of the tribulation period, the trumpet judgments, first of all, we see here in the Bible a super sandstorm from God. And again, it's a very devastating storm as it reveals the details of that storm. It, it, it gives us the details of that storm in verse number seven. It says, and there fouled hail and fire mingled with blood. Now, this is a very unusual storm. It's not a natural storm at all. This is not something most people would certainly have ever even dreamed of experiencing in life, but it's a hail and fire storm. Now, what is this storm given? And why is it here? It is given as a judgment of God. Again, the Bible describes some heaven-sent judgment-type storms. Again, I'm not going to go in and look at the, the first great storm as I look at it in the Bible. The first great heaven-sent storm was that of the flood. 
40 days and 40 nights. Certainly not natural, certainly not normal. That flood flooded the earth. It was a judgment storm. If you turn over to Genesis chapter 19, there was another storm that took place historically, and uh, some would believe in it. Certainly there would be some that wouldn't believe in it, but it was also a judgment sent storm. In Genesis chapter 19, and uh, verse number 24, Genesis 19, verse number 24, another heaven-sent superstorm was sent locally here uh, back in the times of Sodom and Gomorrah. And it says in Genesis chapter 19, verse number 24, it says, Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. Now, this is very unusual. These are two very unusual storms. The flood storm of Genesis chapter uh, 6 and following again, where God sent a storm for 40 days and 40 nights. Here's another storm of firestone, uh, of uh, a brimstone and fire from heaven. To turn back to uh, Exodus here, Exodus chapter 9. Again, this is not the only time in history that we've seen a judgment type of storms. Again, the storms that took place there and the, and the pestilence that took place there during the time of Pharaoh there and in the book of Exodus were certainly sent by God. Exodus chapter 9 and verse number 18. Exodus chapter 9, verse number 18. It says, Behold, tomorrow about this time I will cause it to rain a very grievous hail, such as not been sent in Egypt since the foundation thereof, even until now. And so God here would send, send a hailstorm. And you say, how bad was the hailstorm? Well, people say, we have hail all the time. There's hail here, there's hail there. Uh, what kind of hail uh, would, would take place at this time? Well, let's look at the details. Verse number 22, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch forth thine hand toward heaven, and there may be hail in the land of Egypt upon man and upon beast and upon every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and the Lord thundered hail, and fire ran along with the, uh, along the ground, and, and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. So there was hail, and the fire mingled with the hail, very grievous, such as were, was not like in the land of Egypt since there, it became a nation. And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast, and the hail smote the herb of the field and break every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, there was no hail. And so we see hail, and uh, a, a, a devastating hail. And uh, mentions again, uh, there again, in, in verse, number, uh, verse number 24, there was hail and fire together. And so hail and fire in Egypt. Again, this was regional. This was sent by God. This was allowed by God. This happened historically. And so let's turn back to uh, Revelation, if you would. Revelation chapter 8. This devastating hail that will come to the earth during the time of tribulation will devastate the earth, not just in a regional way or a couple cities here or whatever it might be, but will be far-stretching and it will consume all the grass, all the green grass, and destroy trees. In verse number seven, it says there in, in uh, Revelation chapter eight, verse number seven, it says, the first angel sounded and there fouled hail and fire mingled with blood. 
And there were cast on the earth, and the third part of the trees was burnt up, and all the green grass was burnt up. And so this devastating uh, storm will uh, destroy the vegetation of the earth, the plants of the earth, many of the trees of the earth. It will be far-stretching, far-reaching. It will be very difficult for people to have food at that time. They've had troubles with famine before this. They'll have certainly troubles worse now through this hail and firestorm, mingle with blood. Someone says that's far-stretching. That's never happened before. Well, the Bible says there in Matthew 24, these things would be of a very devastating nature. Uh, following that, in verse number 8, we see God send a great mountain burning with fire to the earth. And this, again, this mountain will bring devastation to the earth also. In verse number 8, it says, And the second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the, the sea became blood. And so it, it mentions in, the, in verse number 8, it says, As it were, a great mountain. Now, what is this? It's not a mountain. It's not a great mountain, but it's as it were. Again, this describes in detail, uh, again, a mass, a mountain-like mass, I believe, that certainly could uh, be a meteorite of some kind. Again, most people believe it'll be a meteorite of some time will come crashing to the earth. And again, the effects of this meteorite that hits the earth and again, I say a meteorite, it says great mountain burning with fires cast the earth. It's the third part of the seal become blood. And uh, here we see again a very devastating situation where again, again, fresh water is turned to blood and certainly this will cause great havoc on the earth. Third part of the sea becomes blood. It goes on there and Verse number nine, it says the third part of the creatures that were in the sea and had life died. And a third part of the ships were destroyed. Now, sea life here is affected. The water is affected. Again, trade is affected. Commerce is affected by this great mountain that's cast the earth. There's death to the sea life, the Bible says there. Third part of the sea died. And so there's desolation on only the sea light, but also destruction to the ships. It says the third part of the ships were destroyed. And the Bible says in verse number eight, the sea became blood. Certainly, again, this is going to pollute the, the waters and cause much devastation to sea life. Again, someone says, well, why is this happening? It's the judgment of God upon man. The judgment comes as a result of this great mass, this mountain coming to the earth. And again, the Bible says that this destruction will be very devastating to the earth. Let's turn to Psalm 105. You know, God has decided at times to deal with waters and, and uh, to, again, uh, hurt the waters, if you would, again, as a result of his judgment. And again, we find that back in Exodus, again, there in the plague judgments that took place with Pharaoh there. But uh, let's turn to Psalm chapter 105, Psalm 105, uh, <clears throat> verse number 29. Psalm 105, verse number 29. The Bible says, He turned their waters into blood and slew their fish. 
He turned their waters into blood and slew their fish. And so God, who gives us fish and gives us life, and that sort of thing, will again uh, slay again fish and sea life and disrupt trade and things along that lines during the tribulation period. Let's turn back to Exodus. just want to show you back in Exodus, this happened historically in a, a regional type of a way. Uh, again, it was, again, a, a judgment sent by God, a pestilence or plague sent by God. And again, this plague that, and pestilence that will be sent during the tribulation will be of a, a much greater a factor or greater degree. Uh, Exodus chapter 7, verse number 19 through 21. Exodus chapter 7, verse 19, it says, The Lord spake unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Take thy rod, stretch thine hand, over the waters of Egypt, upon their streams, upon their rivers, and upon their ponds, and upon the pools of water, that they may become blood, that they may be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in the vessels of wood and the vessels of stone. And, the, and Moses and Aaron did so, and the Lord commanded, and he lifted up the rod and smote the waters that were in the rivers and the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of the servants. All the waters that were in the rivers turned blood. Verse 21, and the fish that was in the rivers died, and the rivers stank, and the Egyptians could not drink the water of the river, and there was blood throughout all the land of Egypt. Again, if you turn back to Revelation chapter 8, there'll be devastation that takes place at the sea, a blazing, burning, fire-like, uh, again, uh, mountain, it calls it, great, like a great mountain, certainly could, again, represent a meteorite, hits the world. And again, through that devastation there, it will cause great havoc and troubles to the world. And uh, it says there in verse number, uh, it says in verse number eight, it says, in the, uh, the mountain burning from prime cast to the sea, and a third part of the sea became blood, and a third part of the creatures that were in the sea that had life died, and a third part of the ships were destroyed. And so it'll disrupt sea life, and it also disrupt, disrupt, uh, disrupt, again, commerce. Again, we have a little troubles with commerce today. Can you imagine, again, if a lot of ships were all of a sudden destroyed? Uh, that would cause great havoc. Again, there's a crater, again, that we, we pass by, and have passed by a lot of times there, in uh, Arizona, and we don't go to see it. It's called the Burlington, I think it's Burlington or Burlington Crater. And uh, it's near Flagstaff, 30 miles from Flagstaff. And they say again, again, I don't believe any of the, the millions of years about it, but again, they say a meteorite hit there way back when, they don't know, but uh, made a hole in the ground that's approximately a mile wide, three quarters of a mile wide, and 560 feet uh, deep. And this was caused by a meteorite. And uh, again, the meteorite can do much devastation if it hits the earth. And so, again, this, I believe, could well be a meteorite. It seems like it would uh, parallel a uh, meteorite, but it's burning there. Verse number eight, and it'll cause, again, the sea to become blood. As you read on here, in verse number 10, there's another uh, sequence of judgments that come here to the earth and. Here we see again a, a water supply problem. A water supply problem. In uh, verse number 10, it says, And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were, 
as a lamp and it fell to the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of the water and the name of the stars called Wormwood and third part of the waters became Wormwood and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. So here we find another devastation come to the earth here as a part of the tribulation period, a part of the devastation of the tribulation period. And God sends a great star called Wormwood that contaminates the fresh water of the earth. The third part of the rivers is made Wormwood and, and many died in the waters because they became bitter. Again, a fresh water supply is needful but here is perverted and is poisoned. Again, you say, why is it turned to woman? It's because that's a, a judgment also of God. You can take notes and write down Jeremiah chapter 9, verse number 12 through 16, and Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 14 through 16. And the penalty for sin is wormwood. Wormwood. God gave us the stars and he sends a star, a sour star, to poison the waters of the earth. And it mentions many men died. doesn't tell you how many, but many men died. And so this water becomes poisonous, contaminated. This is the third judgment we see here in, in Revelation chapter 8. But there's another judgment that follows there in verse number 12. It says, and the fourth angel sounded, and a third part of the sun was smitten, and a third part of the moon, and a third part of the stars, so that a third part of them was darkened, and the sea shone not for a third part. Sorry, and, and the day shone not for a third part, and the night likewise. And I beheld and heard an angel through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpets, of the three angels which are not yet sounded, or are yet to sound. And so we see another devastation come to the earth. And again, I don't know how this will affect the earth, but it says a third part, it says a third part, verse number 12, it says, a third part of the sun was men, a third part of the moon, and a third part of the stars, so that the third part of them was darkened. And so there'll be a darkening that takes place in the world. Now, I don't know what this darkness will be like, but it will be darker somehow, as the sun and the moon and the stars will not shine with the same brightness, it seems, at this point. And so we see a darkening take place. And uh, again, I don't know exactly how this darkness will affect the world. But let's turn back to Exodus chapter 10, uh, just showing you back in Exodus that things of similar kinds or similar sorts happened historically. And again, someone might say, well, uh, they're not the same as what's going to happen during the tribulation. I get that, but they are all still a judgment sent by God by different methods there, hail and fire, Again, there will be sent, and a blazing celestial mass, like a great mountain, will be sent, and that will, again, disrupt the trade and destroy some of the sea life, and along comes a, a, another a star called Wormwood that will come, and that will make the waters of the world, again, bitter here, at least a good part of them bitter, and uh, a darkness will come. 
after that. Um, Exodus chapter 10, verse number 21. And the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out thine hand toward heaven, and there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand towards heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. And they saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwelling. That sounds crazy. But that's what happened back then. I'm just saying it sounds crazy. Like it's dark where the Egyptians is, but there's light where those Israelis are, those Israelites are. There was light in their dwellings. And so we see here in the Bible, God send darkness in times past. He'll send darkness again. Let's turn back to Matthew chapter 24 before we go back to Revelation uh, as we consider again the details of the tribulation period given to us in Revelation 6 through 19, again we see some of the details in these trumpet types drudge, judgments given here. Matthew 24 and uh, <clears throat> verse number 22. Matthew 24, verse number 22, it says here, and except those days be shortened, there shall be no flesh saved, but the, for the elect states, those days shall be shortened. And I don't know, again, what this exactly means, but some believe, again, the day, the actual day will be shortened somehow. Verse 29, it says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And so we see, again, Matthew, the book of Matthew, talk about some devastation that will take place there. And we see the details of it in in Revelation chapter 8. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 8. We're going to go into chapter 9 now. Again, the second wave of tribulation judgments. Again, the first, again, kind of a time of affliction. Started by, again, followed by a time of great devastation. We see another devastation that will follow. And again, this devastation will come as a result of some locust-like creatures that will be released upon the earth. Revelation chapter 9, let's read about them. Revelation 9, and uh, let's begin in verse number 1. And the fifth angel sounded, and he saw a star fall from heaven to the earth, and to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, and the smoke of a, furnace, a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there come out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded then that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither the, any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them was given that they should not kill them, but that they should torment, be tormented five months. And their torment was as a torment of a scorpion, that striketh a man, reading on, verse 6, it says, And in those days shall men seek death, it shall not find, and they shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like the, unto a horse prepared unto battle, and on their heads, as it were, crowns of gold, and on their faces, the faces of men, and they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions, and they had a breastplate, as it were, the breastplate of iron, 
And the sound of their wings was the sound of the chariots of many horses running in battle. And they had in their tails like on, and they had tails like unto scorpions. And there were stings in their tails, and they had power, and their power was to hurt men five months. It goes on in verse 11, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the uh, Greek tongue, his name is Apollyon. One woe is past, and behold, there are two woes more hereafter. And so we see in the Bible a torturous judgment sent. And people have said this, and I believe it's true to some degree, this will be the closest man will ever see to hell on earth. You say, why? Because they will be tormented five months by locusts. By these locusts, not locusts that consume things, but cons- uh, uh, locusts that hurt people. Again, the Bible talks about them having a scorpion-like sting. In, in verse number uh, five there, let's, let's pick up verse number three there. It says, And there come out of the smoke locusts on the earth, and unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. It was commanded that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither the trees or any of that kind of thing. So they're not like locusts that would usually destroy trees, grass, vegetation. But they're, they are therefore to torment. Verse 5, it says, And to them was given to them that they should not kill them, but they should be tormented five months. The torment was a torment of scorpion when it striketh the man. Now, I don't know what the torment of a scorpion is like, but I believe that this thing would certainly be, again, of a harsh nature, of a very painful nature. And so, again, God is going to send a torment, uh, again, army of sorts is going to be released upon the earth, and they're released by uh, Satan there. Uh, verse number one, it says that I saw a star fall from heaven onto the earth and to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. A star comes from heaven. And again, I'm not going to have time here to, to look at this, but uh, again, Luke chapter 10, verse 17, Isaiah chapter 14, verse number 12. And uh, again, if you look at uh, uh, verse 11, the king had power over the angels of the bottomless pit. His name is Abaddon and his name is Apollyon. He's the destroyer. Satan's the destroyer. And uh, this, again, this, this destroyer will be allowed to, to send pain upon men. Again, you could go to the book of Job and see uh, Satan allowed to, again, smite Job there and uh, send pain and torment to him. Uh, so sinful men will have, again, a time of torturous torment for five months. Their, their power there is given to them to torment men. Verse number five. Verse number six, it says there, and in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die and death shall free from them. And so for a period of time, people will be tormented, yet stay alive. It goes on there and says, and the shapes of the locusts. Again, these aren't natural locusts at all. Again, uh, we believe they to, to be demonic type, again, creatures. It says the locusts had like unto, were like unto horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads, as it were, crowns of gold, and on their faces, the faces of men. I don't know if you've ever 
looked online at a depiction of what this is like, but it mentions there they're, they're horse-like. It, it mentions in shape, and it mentions on their head there's crowns there, and then it mentions there in verse number 8, their, their hair is like the hair of women, and then it shows there in verse number 8, it says their teeth are like the teeth of lions. They have a breastplate of iron, in verse number 9, and uh, they have wings. Verse number 9 mentions that, wings that sound like that of battle. And then they have a tail, not like any tail, again, that a horse would have. It says, it says in verse 10, and the tail's like unto scorpions. There were stings in their tails, and they had power to hurt men five months. And so God allows, again, these satanic-type creatures to be released from the bottomless pit, and uh, they are there to, again, sting men, to torment men, to hurt men for five months. The people desire to die, but they will not be able to. After that, we find finally in this series of uh, tribulation, trumpet judgments, one last devastation that comes uh, to the men of the earth and to the people of the earth there. Uh, let's read on there in verse number 13. It says, And the seventh angel sounded and heard a voice of four horns on the golden altar, which is before God, saying, The sixth angel, which had the trumpet, loosed the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour, a day, a month, and a year, for to slay a third part of men. So after torment for five months, there'll be a time of 13 months plus a day. Again, you say how you get that. It says, well, plus an hour. It says an hour, a day, a month, a year to slay a third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000. And I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in a vision. And them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire and of jacinth and of brimstone, and the heads of the horses were the heads of lions, and out of their mouths is, is, issues fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three was the third part of men killed by the fire and by the smoke and the brimstone, which issued out of their mouth. Again, I'll read verse number 19 too. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails was like unto the serpents and had heads and with them they do hurt. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands that they should not worship devils, idols of gold and silver and brass and of stone and of wood uh, which neither can see nor hear nor, nor walk uh, nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders, nor their sorceries, nor their fornication, nor their thefts. And so we see here finally the last plague take place here. And this plague will be, again, some kind of Calvary of some kind that's deadly. Some have suggested, again, this is, again, an earthly army of some kind. Uh, it seems like it's more of a satanic-type army. Again, much of the details here are similar to the details of those locust-like creatures there. But uh, it mentions in verse number 17, uh, verse number 16, that there will be 200 million of them, 200,000 thousands, that's 200 million of them 
And it says, Thus I saw the horses in the visions, and them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire, Jason, brimstone, the heads of the horses, whereas the heads of lions and out of their mouths issued fire, smoke, and brimstone. You know, in hell, there's fire and smoke and brimstone. In hell, there's torment. And uh, again, here we see again a deadly Calvary sent to destroy. Again, let's turn to the little book of Jude just before the book of Revelation. It appears in the Bible there are some angels that have been bound, and uh, there's some purpose in these angels being bound. Uh, These angels, these fallen angels we call demons or devils, and uh, it appears that these angels will be released here, at least four fallen angels especially being released there mentioned in Revelation chapter 9. Uh, Jude, in verse number 6, it says, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. And so it seems like these may be used in judgment. Lion-locked heads, uh, horse-like bodies, let's turn back to verse number 17, will be used to, to kill and destroy a large part of humanity, a third part of those that are living at that point will die. It says in verse number 18, by these three was a third part of men killed by the fire, by the smoke, by the brimstone which issued out of their mouths. Again, we haven't seen a devastation like this before, but this is the judgment of God. What will be this response to the judgments of God, this series of judgment, a, a killer type of a, a storm situation that will kill plant life? What will happen after a mountain that blazes seemingly comes to the earth and destroys against a lot of uh, sea life and, and ships and commercial life? And water again has been poisoned and the, the, the light has been darkened. And demonic locusts have tortured for five months, and then a deadly Calvary will be sent for 13 months. What will be the response to all this? What will be the response to those left behind? Verse number 20, it says, And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood, which neither can hear nor walk, nor walk, neither repented they of their murders, nor their sorceries, nor their fornication, nor their thefts. Response will be they will not repent at the judgment of God. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 9. Pharaoh's judgments that were sent, I, I say Pharaoh's judgment, God's judgments that were sent upon Pharaoh, a series of ten plagues did not lead to true repentance. And it shows here in, in this series of judgments, again, I believe there will be people saved early in the tribulation especially, but it appears here, at least for a series of time here in the tribulation, there will be people that will not repent, even though great devastation will be sent against them. Isaiah chapter 9, and verse number 13. The reality is that people have a space to repent now. There has been a space to repent for people throughout history, and yet there are times where people just harden their heart, even though they're uh, sent, again, 
difficulties and devastations. Isaiah chapter 9 and uh, verse number 13, it says, For the people turn not unto him that smiteth them, neither do they seek the Lord of hosts. I just bring you to this passage here just for you to see that it doesn't matter sometimes, even though the Syrians and the Philistines, again, did uh, certain things to, again, the Israelites. It says here in verse 13, For the people turn not unto him that smiteth them, neither do they seek the Lord of hosts. They don't turn to the Lord. They don't turn from their sin. They don't turn to God and ask him for help or healing or salvation. They instead hardened their heart. Let's turn to John chapter uh, 5 if we could. A third part of people die, yet no repentance, no contrition, no salvation. They wouldn't repent of their religion. They wouldn't repent of their sin. And as a result... They die and are devastated. And some, again, are certainly, again, as it mentions here, are alive in this place, but will die and, and that sort of thing. Again, there's more devastation to come in the tribulation period. This, is, again, is just the series of the trumpet judgments. Uh, John chapter 5, verse number 39. John chapter 5, verse number 39. You know, the Bible gives us, again, the truth, and the truth, again, can set us free and the truth can save us, and yet they don't turn to the truth. They don't turn to Jesus. They don't turn to Christ. John chapter 5, verse 39 says, Search the scriptures, for in them they think ye have eternal life, and they are there which testify of me. They will not come to me that you might have life. Wouldn't come. During Jesus' day, many people would not come to him that they might have life. And they don't come to him here at this time in the tribulation, that they might have life. Let's turn to Luke chapter 13. Like Pharaoh, they hardened their heart to God. Like those of old, they hardened their heart towards the truth. And even today, people harden their uh, self to the truth, the truths of God. They don't repent at the preaching of Jesus Christ. They don't believe on the gospel. Luke chapter 13, verse 3, it says, I tell you, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Verse 15, I tell you, nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Let's turn to Acts chapter 20. Not, again, that they could not, but they will not come to him that they might have life. Acts chapter 20 and verse number 21, a familiar text here. Again, Paul's message in that day, again, is a message that will continue both today and tomorrow. Uh, Acts chapter 20, verse number 21, it says, Testify both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Despite this series of tribulation judgments, we see them not turn to God. Sadly, this is a sad state of affair, but given opportunity, repent of the judgment of God, they did not repent, and they will suffer the consequences. This is, again, just a thought, some thoughts on the tribulation. Back to Revelation chapter 8. A series of judgments will take place. A series of seven trumpet judgments will take place. And these trumpet judgments, there will be uh, judgments that take place upon the earth. And again, God unveils what these judgments will be. Verse number 7, it says, The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees was burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. 
And uh, verse 8, it says, And the second angel sounded, and as it was a great mountain, burning fire was cast upon the sea, and the third part of the sea was, became blood. And the third part of the creatures that were in the sea that had life died. And the third part of the ships was destroyed. And you'll see again these, uh, these judgments. Verse 12, the, the sun and the moon, all these things smitten there. And again, this pit opened there in verse number 2 that releases these uh, locust-type creatures that, that will torment men five months. And then followed by, again, 11 months of uh, devastation will take place by this 200,000, uh, 200,000, uh, sorry, 200 million uh, horsemen-type army. Verse number 16, the number of the horsemen were 200,000,000. 000, and uh, mentions there in verse number 18, by these three was the third part of the men killed by the fire, by the smoke, by the brimstone that issued out of their mouths. And so we see these tribulation judgments. Again, I'm hoping this will help you understand what the future holds and hoping that you will again flee from the wrath to come. Let's pray as we consider this thought from the Word of God.